Hey, I'm Jesse. Welcome to the second week of our Sacred Conversations series on evangelism. Right on the heels of the Gospel of Matthew, getting ready to dive deep into the prophet Isaiah next. A lot of our devotions have focused on the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwelling within the Christian. All right, here's Romans chapter 8. Again, <laughs> we're going to end up covering this entire chapter and more of Romans through the course of these devotions because this is an authoritative source for understanding what this is. Uh, to have, to have a, a Christian walk that is marked by the Holy Spirit's presence in your life that is absolutely vital to having the sacred conversations. When you have that prompting, that thought, that desire, that circumstance that is, that is set up and divinely appointed, wherein you can bring up the gospel, actually give somebody the chance to confess Jesus as Lord, that's going to be preceded by the Holy Spirit living within you. So like we talked about last week, we don't want to be a bunch of stupid hypocrites, so we repent from sin. We know the Holy Spirit is necessary. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, we're not saved. If you're not sure if you're saved, please go back to Devotion 589 from, uh, from last week, last Tuesday. We know that the Holy Spirit does more than just convict for sin, that He also, when we walk in step with Him, gives us life and peace. We saw the fruit of the Spirit versus the fruit of the flesh. We know that we're uh, currently in a war in the members of our own body, where we have the body where it will take us prisoner to our old desires, hardwired into our marrow to make us want to sin again. But that's not what defines us. That's sin living within us. Instead, in this battle between the flesh and the spirit, we will keep in step with the spirit, giving us life and love and peace. Here's more on that subject. Here's Romans chapter 8, verse 12. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit Himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him so that we may also be glorified with Him. We're going to spend some time in this passage because it has bearing on the sacred conversation. How we perceive ourselves affects how we deliver the gospel. Without the Holy Spirit living within us, we will not be able to have the sacred conversations. Without the Holy Spirit drawing on someone's heart, the evangelistic encounter will not be fruitful. So let's start with verse 12. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. That's so critical. It has immense bearing on the sacred conversation, particularly in the context of Seattle because our hyper-liberal culture has told us that you are obligated to live according to the flesh. Follow me on this. I mean, the, the text is clear. I'm going to read it one more time. It's Romans 8:12. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. That's what the text says. Like, you don't have to do everything that your stupid, gross body wants you to do. All right, like, you know, my body wants to go order an entire 
pizza and eat the entire thing in one sitting right now. All right, that, like that's what my flesh wants right now. That's not a good thing for, you know, a 37 year old man to do. <laughs> that's not a good thing to do. That's what my flesh wants right now. You can see it. There's a, there's a food truck at the bottom of the mountain that I live on that does these like fire oven, brick oven, you know, pizzas and like, oh my gosh, they're absolutely incredible. And I want one and I don't want to share it with my wife and kids. I want to eat an entire pizza by myself. That's what my flesh wants. But ironically, in health conscious Seattle, we'd say, no, that's not good. Or my, my vegan friends would be like, that's not ethical. Right? And, and that's not healthy for you. Right? Like if you're a, if you're a bodybuilding 18 year old, yeah, that's great. But Jesse, you're not 18 and you're not a bodybuilder. So it's not good for you. But when it comes to sexual desires, our culture will tell children that they are obligated to do what their flesh wants. If a child articulates even a remote interest in same-sex attraction, the culture will tell them that is the type of person you are. You are gay and you must live according to what your flesh tells you. Do you see how that is the antithesis of Romans 8:12? No, you're actually not obligated to live according to the flesh. I'm not obligated to go down the mountain and buy an entire pizza and eat it myself. And you're not obligated to act upon same-sex attraction. If you suffer from gender dysphoria, okay, and you believe that you are not the gender that you actually are, you don't have to act upon that delusion. In fact, it's better if you don't. It is best if you do not. You're not obligated to do what your gross body wants you to do. You're not obligated to it. You don't actually have to do it. Instead, instead, rather, right? If you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. So that's what verse 13 says. If I live according to the flesh and I go eat an entire large pizza, three meals a day, every day, I'm probably not going to make it to 40. If I live according to the desires of the flesh, I'm going to die. Go out drink absolutely as much alcohol as I can. I'm going to die. If I go out and eat as nothing but pizza every day, all day, I'm going to die. If you go out and you have sex with everything that moves, you're going to die. You're going to get numerous diseases and some, and you know, some other husband's going to shoot you. Okay. <laughs> like you're going to die. Those desires of your flesh, they're not something to build your life around. They're not the type of person you are. They don't define you. They don't, they don't replace you as an image bearer of God. They, they're, they're, they're killing you, actually, because sin, when it's full grown, leads to death. If you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. That's the first half of Romans 8, 13. Guess what? There's more. <laughs> it's the good news. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Okay, there is documentation on alcoholism way beyond any kind of documentation on same-sex attraction. 
there has not been any proof at all of what was called the gay gene. The born this way narrative is based on nothing. There are zero studies that show you are born gay. But the born this way narrative is actually fairly consistent with something within scripture, and that is that we are born sinful. It actually is pretty consistent with an ancient doctrine of the church that we call total depravity. All right, that, that's something we agree upon across the board as Christians. It's something that's scriptural. Romans 3, 23, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we're all born this way, gay or straight. There is zero documentation as of yet, as the time of filming is it's the year 2023. And there could be some study that does eventually find a genetic trait that predisposes somebody from birth. Everybody who is gay who is out there was predestined to be gay by their genetics. By the way, we as Christian pastors know all of the dark, ugly stories that the gay community will never hear about or will erase when they come up and will suppress if they try to speak out. I've spoken with multiple men who were molested by uncles or people at rest stops as children and they grew up confused by that, believing themselves to be gay. Okay, so there's that. Can't tell their stories for them, but they're real and they exist and that matters. So they overtly describe their own same-sex attraction. They, they, they themselves deliberately describe it, uh, ascribe it directly to an instance of sexual abuse when they were a child. They just do. Others describe it as, something, as, a, as a pornography addiction. They got even more out of hand. So there's that. But there are also men who do seem to be born with lower levels of testosterone, less of a proclivity to participate with other boys, more inclined to the world of girls. So let's suppose that there is a genetic study that one day does come out and say, here is the gay gene. I'll know for a fact that it won't describe, it won't describe the entire gay population. I know that it'll describe a fraction of them. But even if it does, it still doesn't mean you have to do what your body wants you to do. You, so then, brothers and sisters, we're not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So we're going to have the sacred conversation with somebody. If you're sharing the gospel with your gay friend, this is going to come up. And they need to understand this. Their belief on the born this way narrative will shape, uh, will, will shape their interpretation of, of the church largely. It literally shaped you know, law to the highest court of this country. And it's a lie. It was an appropriation, actually, of the civil rights movement. I think that the, I think that the LGBTQQIAAP plus community did a horrific disservice to the black community by appropriating the civil rights movement and trying to frame sexuality as a civil rights issue. They've also formed a playbook that is absolutely fair game for pedophiles. Absolutely. Like they can take the Obergefell decision as a template and they can use it. The original way that it was pitched was, if you don't like gay marriage, don't get one. And now, my friends at Bethany Christian Services are forced to oversee adoptions to same-sex couples. Those who have, uh, those Christian companies that offered Christian dating sites are being forced to offer same-sex hookups. I mean, adoptive parents, <laughs> like it, it affects everybody. It affects everything. Employers are now being told like that you have to think this way because now 
officially, it is codified into law that if you are gay, that's a type of person and it is a civil rights issue. And you're allowed to do anything you want with your body except repent from being gay. Even someone, a prominent athlete who came out and talked about how he no longer wanted to live the gay lifestyle was put under legal consequences for expressing that. Think about this for a minute. It's a basic violation of his First Amendment rights. You're allowed to do anything you want except repent from being gay. That's actually illegal, and it's referred to as conversion therapy. I have still yet to meet anyone tied to these weird camps in the Netflix documentaries. I don't know anything about any of that stuff. I just know that I've led a lot of gay people to Christ, and it just began with the gospel. And they will struggle from time to time, but they walk in repentance every single day because they know that they're not obligated to do what their bodies want them to do. Right? I'm not obligated to go down the mountain and buy a giant pizza. I'm not obligated to go and get drunk out of my head. I'm not obligated to do any of that. I know that if that craving comes to me, that is my flesh. That is the sin nature. That's my body. That's sin living within me. But if I walk in step with the Spirit of God, I'm going to do stuff like this, record a devotion for you on this subject. Right? This is important for the sacred conversation particularly here in Seattle, because it's going to come up when you share the gospel with your gay friend. They're going to have a whole lot of front-loaded preconceived notions, which I think we really call prejudice against the gospel. It's a straw man to refer to Christians as though we are bigoted against homosexuals. It's not true. Many of us struggle with same-sex attraction. Right? There are Christians who deal with this on a daily basis, who maybe once walked in the gay lifestyle, not because of some conversion therapy, but because of their own walk with Christ, their own decision, the Holy Spirit of God living in their heart, that they walk in repentance from it. That's not illegal. Are you kidding me? You see how far we've come from if you don't like a gay marriage, don't get one? This is all a big hurdle to the sacred conversation with somebody from the LGBTQ plus community that the narrative is, you've got to do what the flesh wants you to do. And that's simply a lie. You don't have to do what your body wants to do. Born this way or not, you don't have to. You simply don't have to. It is possible then, in that regard, not to be a gay Christian in the most direct use of that word, but to be a Christian who struggles with same-sex attraction. We actually here in Seattle have another uh, asset because of the prevalence of, of, of you know, uh, the gay community here in our, in our, in our city, there is a, a local pastor who himself lived the gay lifestyle, has lived in complete repentance from it, and has written a number of resources, and he even has given counsel to a lot of the young men that I've met doing ministry around here. When they, they come to me and they say, I'm struggling with same-sex attraction, I introduce them to him, and he... He'd, uh, He's, he's, a, he's got a fantastic ministry, and I know a lot of guys who are walking in repentance every day from this. It's possible. It's real. It's, it's good. <laughs> it ought not be outlawed, for crying out loud. Like, let them do what they want with their bodies. Does that, <laughs> does that ring a bell? You know, like, uh, like, let them repent from sin, frankly. Uh, so if that's you, reach out, and I can, I can make an introduction. Uh, if we don't know each other... Uh, uh, look, look up Preston Sprinkle. He's at, uh, I believe he's still at North Shore Community Church 
here in Washington, not too far drive up 405 from where many of us at the Redemption Church go. So I'm sorry, I know that's a really long devotional, but it's a very loaded topic. And I know that this is going to be in the back of some of your minds because you work with gay people. I mean, I, you know, when I, when I teach drums from time to time, like I have uh, a number of students and associates, you know, come from this lifestyle. And as the, the gospel conversations come up, this is something that's prevalent there, like where, uh, and that's going to be a huge giant hurdle. So how do you, how do you present this? You present it straight from scripture right? You can share with them Romans 8 verse 12. We're not obligated to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. That's quite a literal statement, actually. It's quite literal. It's true, right? When your drug-addicted friend comes to you, they don't have to, they don't have to go get a fix. In fact, if they do dive headlong into their addiction, they're going to die. It's, it, Romans 8, 12, and 13 are actually not these ethereal concepts. It's, it's, pretty, it's, it's, pretty concretized state, it's a pretty concretized statement about like what's actually going to happen if you dive headlong into your sin instead of following the Holy Spirit's lead to repent, you are going to die. And I could use, you could replace drugs with sexual sin, with alcoholism, with overeating, with any other number of fleshly desires that just come from uh, our, our sinful carnality. Instead, walk in step with the Spirit. And so I'll just close by saying this as well one more time. Check your own heart in this regard. Okay, look at your calendar. If you've blocked out time whereby you're just going to gratify what the flesh wants, <laughs> you know, and if it's going to lead you to sin, then watch out. Make sure that you're adhering to this before you invite somebody else into it. And if you failed in this regard, repent. Put those deeds of the flesh to death. But watch out, they can be zombies. <laughs>